Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listen to Lockdown Red Wings. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Today is Thursday, April 8th, 2021, and we have got more trade deadline talk for you guys today. Uh, some updates on what the market looks like. We're going to talk about what we know about the market based on the trades we've seen so far. We're going to talk about what we know about the market based on what's been said in the media. And we're also going to recap Tuesday night's game uh, briefly recap Tuesday night's game against the National Predators in which the Red Wings lost three to two in a shootout. One of the worst shootouts we've ever seen, but we'll get into that in just a second. I am Detroit sports editor Noel Bianchi with me as always. It's sports encyclopedia, Detroit Twitter staple host of the Bentley show, Scotty Bentley. What's going on? How's it going? It's going, man. I am still have the, the last night's shootout per like permanently ingrained in my brain what it was so unbelievably bad, but I go to bed very well at night knowing I kill by dues on my baseball team. So it's okay. <laughs> uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Bentley Scotty, me at Nolan Bianchi, follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore runnings. And of course I got to ask you guys to subscribe. It's the only way to make sure that you never miss an episode. Also give a shout out to producer Brian. Cause I forget to do that. Producer Scott, Brian. Scott, that is your new job. Is How you to doing? Remind me oh, to say what's Brian. up to producer Brian, or <laughs> that, or to just absolutely. like you can take after I introduce you, then you can introduce Brian. It's just like that's a, a oh, that's kind of slick, honestly. Yeah, type I like thing. that. You're I like, like that. And uh, yeah, then Brian can edit himself in and say Ethan's not here, and now he introduces you again. Oh yeah, no, I, I like, like this. I like yeah. this little we'll yeah, throw, full circle right. moment. Back to you, Bob. Let's talk about this game, Scotty. You talked, you, you touched on it in our open. I touched on it in our open. Just an ugly shootout uh, in a game that the Red Wings really could have won. They had a third period lead twice in this game. Uh, they blew it both times, and the National Predators end up taking it in overtime. Uh, we'll, let's let's talk through it. Just brutal. I mean, like you said, we, we had a one nothing lead and a two one lead. And, and somehow lost the game. Uh, well, not somehow. I don't think it's that surprising to a lot of people. But the for, I was so excited. I was talking to my First buddy. First shootout of the year. Exactly. The we were so – him and yes. I were so pumped. We were, uh, we were blowing up each other's phones. And we finally made it to a shootout because the last, like, four OTs, we've lost, like, 20 seconds into overtime. Yeah. It's been ridiculous. <laughs> like, literally the first possession of OT, and then it's netted, and then you're like, okay, well, that's kind of sucks. We finally got a shootout, and that is what we got to. That was genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, one of the most embarrassing shootout performances I've ever seen. That was – Larkins was horrible. Grice on the on the weight, yeah. it was nasty. It was okay, nasty. Yeah, but, okay. But let's – I mean – I don't. I, you know what? I'm a. I'm a. I've said some things. Are you gonna be a Grice defender? I'm gonna. I'm gonna defend Grice wow. in this moment because wow, what? Wow, wow. What For he both did of was, was discuss. Maybe not the second. I mean, the second one is what it is. Sure. Uh, but the first one with the Johansson one, like that, that was disgusting. It was. Uh, I agree. It I was, agree. That was like Patrick Kane 
ask like and and once you're in a compromised situation like there's nothing you can do about it and honestly brilliant on his part like the way he kept forward moving while keeping the puck moving forward like that was 100 legal i low-key loved it uh it was just unfortunate that it had to happen against the red wings yes uh and on the offensive side of the puck Dylan Larkin with with Dylan Larkin the, tried something similar. One of the nastiest moves yeah. I've ever seen. <laughs> my, that was just unbelievable. I don't even know. I mean, if like, he would have, if he, he tried to alive. recover it, yeah, he tried to recover it with the kick, and then it just wasn't happening. And then the second one was the second. It was not not uh not great, Bob. That's one of those things that like makes you feel good about like your your place in the world. You know, you're like when you go out and like you you play hockey a little bit and you're like, oh, how could I have messed that up? Like even hey, even the stars do it. See, so my my comp to that is uh, when Andre Drummond was a piston. I was like like his first two years. I was like, hey man, I shoot free throws better than an NBA All Star. That's pretty sweet. I was like, that's awesome. If, yeah. I, if, if Andre Drummond and I both stood at the free throw line, I, he got better. He did get better. But his rookie year, he literally shot like 30% or something from the line. And I was like, I'm literally better than an NBA all-star at something. That's awesome. You know what? You're probably not uh, better than Andre Drummond yet uh, is shoving his teammates out of the way and picking up his own offensive rebounds to pad his stats. See, I think he's better at me than shushing the crowd when his team's down 30. I think. Yeah, he's no. Yeah, him. that's true. He's elite at that. That he That's very he's good at a league of his own. Uh, <laughs> we got to talk about Adam Ernie, the goat. I mean, this Woo! is just getting out Ernie's of hand at this point, three goals in his last four games, six goals in his last 12. Uh, the first one looked to go originally credited, originally credited, to Adam Ernie, Twitter was losing its mind, and then T- and then it's it's given to DeKaiser because it hit off a, a Predators defenseman. But then they come back, and sure enough, who makes it, it anyway? One? It's Adam Ernie, the goat. This guy is on the go. Uh, Chris Shelton vibes coming from our man. See, that's uh, an interesting comparison, Adam Ernie. It's an interesting comparison because you have you you definitely have like the 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 random explosion. The ra- mm-hmm. But I feel like Ernie, like if he does it for this whole season, that Shelton, that was Shelton was good for two weeks. He was yeah. insane. He was on another planet for two weeks, but it was two weeks. It was the first, I think, 15 games of the season. Adam Ernie is is I mean, what if Adam Ernie messes around and leads this team at goals if he doesn't get traded? Like well, that's yeah. <laughs> like, like you know what I mean? Like that's that's wild. So that's he's wild. He's not that far off, and he is uh, fifth on the team in overall scoring. Um, a thing that's interesting about Adam Ernie is that, you know, I've, I've had plenty of things to say about Adam Ernie uh, over the course of the years. And heading into this season, he has done nothing but make me eat my words. Uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, guy was a former 33rd overall pick. Like, there, there's something there, – there was something there with him that, you know, was seen. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to become, you know, some amazing player or anything, but uh, – I don't know. Maybe, maybe this is not unsustainable. I don't want to say sustainable, but not unsustainable. Sure. I, I like that. I like that avoid how, how you avoided saying it was sustainable. Just yeah. throw a double <laughs> negative in there. It's not, not sustainable. You know what I mean? Like, I <laughs> well, uh, we also need to talk about Thomas Grice and whether that is sustainable because uh, in his last five games. So, I, I mean, let me back this up actually. I, we, 
I've also not been very kind to Thomas Christ on this podcast. And for reasons that I would back up today, like I don't, Thomas Christ's recent play hasn't changed the way I view him. I just think he's playing a lot better. And if he can keep this up, then good. Uh, but by no means am I going to look back and say, oh, maybe, you know, maybe it was his <laughs> fault. Uh, because, you know, the thing with Thomas Grice is not that the Red Wings were always losing with him in net, but that he was turning in goals uh, saved above expected numbers of like minus two and a half, minus three and a half in, in a single game. Like there are quite a few of those clunkers uh, and, and over time that builds up and, you know, those data visualization charts kept kept thrown out there uh, where Thomas Grice was last in the league and goals saved above expected. But in his last couple games, his last five, he's got a positive net rating of uh, 1.9 or positive score, whatever the, the nerds call it these days. Um, <laughs> and, and I, and that is a testament to him truly playing better rather than the Red Wings, you know, limiting chances or something like that. So that is something that is genuinely good to see. And hopefully as he becomes more comfortable within the Red Wings style of play uh, you know, he's able to kind of keep it rolling. Yeah, for sure. I, I think the, the biggest thing we just need him to not be horrible. <laughs> like yeah. we, you just need, and, and obviously we've talked about at, at length, the um, goal support he's gotten has not been that great. And and the last couple of games, like you said, he's actually put us in positions to win. And I think given where this team currently stands and if Bernier is gone after the trade deadline, that is really best case scenario we, we don't need him to stand on his head we don't need him to be great we don't even need him to be average we really just need him to for the most part to keep us in games more than he does the opposite and for a while there it was the exact opposite and now it's at a point where at least the last few games hopefully it's a sign of things to come he's at least keeping us around and keeping us relatively competitive which is pretty much in my opinion that's the most we can really ask for speaking of Jonathan Bernier and the trade deadline. We got some trade deadline talk coming up next. First, I got to talk to the folks about betonline.ag. Betonline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football and college basketball might be over, but listen, folks, the NBA and the NHL are in full swing, and we are revving up for playoff time. What a great way to get involved with teams that are not the Detroit Red Wings than to have them win you some money. Uh, Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They've got real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. Bet Online even has you covered for all the news and scores. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. All you got to do is head on over to the website or use your mobile device. And when you sign up using our promo code locked on, you will get a 50% bonus with your first deposit. That's promo code locked on. They give you a nice little 50% welcome bonus. You know, you put in hundred, you get back 150. You put in 200, you get back 300. I'm no mathematician, but that seems like a pretty freaking good deal to me. So get on over to bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Samuelson holds it there and then twirls. Walker watching him as it came back to Lebda. And a shot. And Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the new Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. All right, Scotty, segment two here at the Locked On Red Wings podcast, a proud member 
of the Lockdown Podcast Network. If you like the show, if you liked yesterday's show, if you like any of our shows, really, frankly, we'll be happy for that. Uh, go ahead and do us a favor. Share the episode with somebody you love, somebody you know, somebody who likes the Red Wings. It's the best way to help us grow. And uh, of course, we always appreciate that. You know, it opens up doors for of new course. interviews, new opportunities, you know, help, Big us, time. help us help you folks. Uh, let's talk some trade deadlines, Scott. Um, really, as we, we head into this deadline here, uh, it's been pretty static. Frank Saravelli posted today on TSN, um, he said, patience seemed to be the play. This is a buyer's market. There is nothing or there is no doubt about that. He notes of the last five NHL trade deadlines, there has been an average of 13 trades of significance in the month leading up to trade deadline day. Just one week away, there have been exactly two this season. Eric Stahl uh, to, to Montreal for a third and a fifth and Brennan Lemieux to Los Angeles for a fourth round pick. So that to me is, is the first indictment. Uh, of the market going into this season. Jeff Blaschel said today, he was asked about it. Uh, he said, the biggest thing for me, it just doesn't feel like there'll be as much action this year, knowing the flat salary cap. I know when I talk to other teams, how tight everybody is, it's going to be real difficult for people to make moves. Uh, he goes on to say, it's hard to bring in money just to bring money, uh, just to bring in money. Um, and that, and that was kind of in reference to the fact that there were no fans. Like you're not going to get any excitement. You're probably not going to, you know, sell a ton of jerseys. Uh, and I, I think that's kind of an interesting point to make. Like, are you going to make that money back with, you know, the revenue that you would in a normal year? And I, I'm sure that that's something that was impacting, you know, teams decisions all year long. Uh, but it's just interesting to hear that come from an NHL coach who happens to be one of the most viable sellers at the deadline. For sure. And, and I think there's a lot that's going to go into it, especially, you know, even though the quarantine time has been lowered, I think still trading with Canada and trading across the border is probably not going to be something that's incredibly popular or common this deadline, which, it, you know, takes away a, a huge chunk of the league that that you're able to deal with uh especially if you're one of those teams that's already in canada you know what i mean like shipping that you know it gets very interesting um and and yeah i i absolutely agree with you i think that the the economics i guess we'll say of all of it is definitely something that for the most part you only hear like gms and owners talk about so it's really interesting to hear a coach talk about it um, and, and I think that, I don't know, I, I'm not sure whether that's just him speaking his mind and, and we'll see what happens kind of thing, or if that's Steve smoke screen, right. A smoke screen. That's exactly what I was going to say. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm just looking too much into it. Cause I'm, I, I just like analyzing coach speak, but it's definitely interesting for sure. And we'll take a look at, so we, Frank Saravelli also updated, you know, the firm buyers, the soft buyers, uh, and we'll get to that in segment three. But let's take a look at a couple of these deals that have gone so far. He mentions the two uh, significant moves that have come so far. Really, Eric Stahl uh, is the only player that, you know, really comps to the players that the Red Wings have available. The, the, the Red Wings don't really have anybody like Brennan Lemieux, who's available, you know, a 24-year-old, 25-year-old guy, right. uh, whatever he is, um, that can, like, help, you know, make a make a decent push for that team. 
I don't think the Red Wings are looking to move uh, really anybody like Brendan Lemieux. You know, he's still pretty young. Uh, We could see, who knows, one of those like change of scenery deals. Uh, But again, like there's nobody on the Red Wings who's like really like right at that age who's been struggling and needs to get out uh, maybe like AA was last year. Um, So let's look at this Eric Stahl deal. They get a a ship into Montreal, which there's a crossing the border situation right there. Uh, And he gets back a third round pick and a fifth round pick. Now he represents obviously somebody very much like Bobby Ryan. Uh, They're both pending UFAs. However, Bobby Ryan does have a slightly higher point total through 33 games. He has 14 to Eric Stahl's 11. Of course, some of that probably has to do with the fact that he started his Red Wings career as the most prolific goal scorer in franchise history, but I digress. Uh, And he gets paid significantly less. The cap hit is about one third uh, for Bobby Ryan as it was for Eric Stahl. So just knowing that, like, do you think in principle that that should net a bigger return. Um, I don't know if I'm ready to say that it, we should get a bigger return. I would say that this is around the kind. Uh, honestly, I would be pretty happy with this return. I wouldn't be super mad if we got a third and a fifth. I don't think that's that's a, a crazy. I, I mean, he got off to the hot start, obviously, uh, between injuries and between just kind of cooling off after that. He hasn't quite been as big as he was early on. Um, so I, I honestly, I, and, and that, that's not to say that it shouldn't give you a bigger return. If, if you play, if you play it right, that absolutely is possible. I'm not saying it's not, but, uh, I, I would definitely not lose sleep at night. If we got a third and a fifth for half a year of Bobby Ryan that we got on a one-year deal going into this year, that, that would be, I would consider that a win, even if it's possible to get more, I, I would consider a third and a fifth, a win personally. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. Um, I do think, I mean, like, obviously, the, the thing that's interesting, right, is that you always have to keep in mind, like, well, in this deal, the Buffalo Sabres made the pick, and then in a potential Red Wing, or right. not made the pick, but made the trade, and then uh, in the Red Wings organization, it would be Steve Ashman making the trade. So hopefully, sure. you know, knowing that and taking those things kind of into account, uh you might be able to to possibly get a bigger return from. I, I think Eric Stahl like has a like pretty decent ceiling as a hockey player still like in the sure. right situation. I know he came uh, right into Montreal. I think he scored uh, the overtime game winner in his first game there. Uh, but again, like you kind of look at it is Buffalo dramatically different of a situation than Detroit is was he you know struggling more there because it was Buffalo than Bobby you know there's a lot of I think variables to it however um I think you definitely I'm I'm the kind of guy who would rather have like one second round pick than probably two uh, you know really okay I'm always I understand that like the bites at the apple principle and, and maybe not so much uh, in a year like 2021 where draft boards are going to be absolutely everywhere. And it might not matter, you know, how many second round picks you have versus how many third round picks the guy you might want in the second round might be there in the third and fourth round, who knows. Um, And so I guess that's just kind of all the things that need to go into, to the consideration uh for a season like this like is it for sure worth losing the deal because you want a second instead you know i can i can get behind that because of in general i'm more of a 
across all sports, really. I'm more of just like an acquire assets guy. And then if you want, you can take all the assets you get and move up. Like I'm more of a a quantity over quality uh, kind of a person. That being said, with with our, uh, especially looking at yesterday's episode, like our epiphany with trading down makes it so that I can totally get behind that. I, I think we can take that second round pick and then turn it into a second rounder and a fifth rounder or a second. You know what I mean? Like we can still get two picks out of it and move down whatever, like eight slots. That's obviously way more beneficial than just the third and the fifth straight up. So that that's definitely something I can get behind. Uh, and then Sam Gagne, also a pretty similar player to Eric Stahl, uh, both play up the middle. Uh and I, I honestly, I, I don't think Sam Gagne's value is as high. <laughs> like Only show them the tape of the Gagne game. Yeah. So like knowing this, like, I honestly think you probably settle somewhere in the middle with like a fourth. Like, I, I think that would be the decent uh, return for a guy. Yeah, like fourth, even a fifth. I wouldn't Sam be Gagne. mad at. Yeah. I think we might see, like, if we do see the Red Wings get active, it obviously depends on who they end up trading with, who needs to clear cap space, what the number is going to be like going the other way. You notice, by the way, have you heard Mark Stahl's name come up in any rumors lately or no? Uh, No, that was a big thing, whatever, three weeks ago. And then has pretty much been completely just eradicated. So, yeah. So uh, I don't know. I I still go into this like. We can convince other teams that it's a different Stahl brother. We'll just say, hey, do you (laughs) want Stahl? Right. And then they'll be like, Oh yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like even knowing this and and we'll go into the buyers and sellers and, or the, the hard buyers and the soft buyers in just a second, and we'll kind of see how we feel after that. But I'm still like cautiously optimistic that because of the financials of, uh, a lot of the Red Wings, you know, uh, that are on the trade block, I think this still might be a situation that the Red Wings could not necessarily thrive in, but, uh, still be somewhat, effective. So we'll get to those teams in just a second. I got to talk to you guys first though, about rockauto.com. Scott, you, uh, you like to save money, don't you? I love saving money. What are some reasons that you need to save money? You know, is it like uh, a mortgage payment, you know, buying food? What are some reasons that you like to save money? I mean, food is a big one. I'm going to be honest with you. That's, that's, that's probably close to the top of the list for being real. Uh, and so why would you choose to spend 30, 50, even a hundred percent more for the same exact auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership when you can get them for way less money at rockauto.com? Answer me that right now. I, I honestly, I don't know. Well, let me educate you on the market a little bit. All right. Chain stores, they got different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. I know you're a do-it-yourselfer. You know, you like to get your hands dirty. When we've met a couple of times, you, you give me that grip and, you know, I'm like, wow, that guy's probably been working on his Mustang all day. Um, you know, you can just kind of tell. RockAuto.com's prices, they're for everybody. All right. They're reliably low. You don't got to be a certified mechanic or work at a, a dealership or anything like that to get the special prices. Uh, they always offer the lowest price available rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. Uh, and they have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet, whether it's for your classic, your daily driver, folks, Get everything you need and just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and just write locked on in there. How did you hear about us boxes that they know we sent you? We've got amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts that your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. 
That is the best fucking power play the Detroit Red Wings have had in four games. Be a waiver wire winner with daily fantasy hockey advice from Lockdown Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Cullen gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long dynasty and DFS leagues. Follow the Lockdown Fantasy Hockey podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. All right, Scotty, segment three here at the Lockdown Red Wings podcast, a proud member of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day, and we're looking at the biggest hard buyers, the soft buyers, and teams that the Red Wings can hopefully take advantage of. So this is from that same Frank Saravelli article that we cited earlier in the show. For hard buyers, we've got Toronto, Winnipeg, Islanders, Hurricanes, Avalanche, Panthers. Thoughts? Do you see any of these teams coming into play for the Red Wings? Because they, they haven't really been teams that have been, you know, mentioned in, in a lot of talks uh, sure. with the Wings. I think Toronto, I, I think that, I think Toronto is going to just throw an incredibly wide net. I think they will, they are absolutely buying. I think they're just going to call just about everybody. Um, I, I like that one a lot. Um, I'm kind of softer, I would say, on the Islanders. Um, uh, Colorado, maybe, maybe Colorado and yeah, the so- Panthers, the Panthers. Sure. Why not? But I'm, I'm really, I would be, uh, not surprised at all. If, if Toronto and Detroit got a deal done, I think that would be the least surprising to me. Well, I think the avalanche too, you bring up a good point there. Cause what they need is goaltending and, uh, a former Colorado avalanche goaltender who goes by the name of Jonathan Bernier just so happens to uh, play for the Red Wings. Yes, and has had a terrific season and is one of the top trade pieces for the Detroit Red Wings this year. I think he could definitely come into play there. Plus you have the added benefit of, uh, you know, not having to, to do that whole border thing. I also wonder too, the, the thing that just caused me to stop mid sentence, I think would, would that be the first uh, dealing of Steve Eisenman and Joe Ooh. Sackick as GMs? Um, it definitely, I mean, obviously it would be as since he got to Detroit. Yeah, I think it would be. Well, I actually, okay. So I'm looking here, (laughs) the last trade made with Steve Eisenman and the, and the Colorado avalanche was not with Joe Sackick as GM. It was the year beforehand. Uh, he acquired Kyle Quincy for Aaron Downey. And then immediately flipped Kyle Quincy, or sorry, for Steve Downey. Uh, and then he immediately flipped Kyle Quincy to your Detroit Red Wings uh, for the first round pick that ended up being Andre Vasilevsky. I love it. I, I love that he keeps that, uh, that, that, you know, the rivalry stays intact. You know, yes. it, it'll, last, it'll last forever. It runs deep. It runs deep in Iserman's bloodstream. I love it. Uh, so then the soft buyers, and these are probably the teams that will be likely, you know, garner more interest from Detroit. You got Oilers. They're looking for a right shooting depth center that can either be Luke Lendenning or Sam Gagne. Uh, hey, Edmonton, ever heard of him? Um, Montreal, they're looking for defensive depth. I don't know that any Red Wings would be in play there. Uh, I mean, you know, of course, there are some guys on 
the block there with with John Merrill and Mark Stahl, but um, haven't really heard a lot uh, on that front. The Penguins, they need center depth. Luke Lendenning fits in that slot as well, as does Sam Gagne. Uh, the Caps need goaltending. Might get that back from uh, Henrik Lundqvist if he possibly returns. That was kind of some news today. Uh, the Lightning need defensive depth. Not sure that the Red Wings are going to deal with the Lightning in their division, uh, although, you know, renting John Merrill to the Lightning for a couple months is, doesn't really have uh, – that too long of implications, uh, especially if the lightning won't give up a big piece to like get him back. Uh, Bruins are looking for a top six winger uh, and then Vegas, they are looking for center depth as well. Honestly, I think quite a few of these teams uh, could use the Red Wings help. Uh, and that being, you know, one of the top ones being Boston, we've heard that name come up for Bobby Ryan time and time again. Uh, and for then stall too. Yeah. Cause they can um, actually take on that, that cap hit to an extent. Yeah. Um, you would likely probably have to get a roster player back uh, for sure. if you were to to do something like that. But all in all, I mean, not a bad list of teams. And I, and I think with the deals that you're going to be kind of making, uh, it doesn't really matter who the other team like, like it's not uh, like, yeah. oh, this team doesn't have a first, you know, like, yeah, it's not like that's necessarily what you're looking for. And so that doesn't necessarily hurt you in my opinion for sure you're just trying to acquire assets like we talked about earlier i i really like our odds if i was a betting man um and if uh <laughs> bet online had, had a prop for uh our hey, odds of 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 trading with the oilers that would be that's like free money you know what yeah. i mean that's i mean i really like our odds to do something there not only do we obviously you know ken and and all that but we just have a, a long history of, of dealing with them. Uh, and it, it is only spiked since Ken Holland has taken over out there. I, I think that that's pretty safe. I don't mind our odds of, of again, like, like we haven't heard Mark Stahl's name. That was probably just a smoke screen, but if it was to happen, like Montreal slash Boston would not be horrible destinations. And then, for for goaltending purposes, the Caps and Bernier has to be uh, at least a that you at least have to call them. You at least have to reach yeah. out. That has to be at yeah. least a discussion just because that is something they very much need and are pretty much that away from, from being a serious uh, contender deep into the playoffs again. And, and I think that it, there's, we talked about it before. I don't see any reason. There's no point to keep Bernier. There is absolutely zero purpose in doing so. It's, it's, uh, kind of a, a similar thing to like the Pistons, why we didn't trade Wayne Ellington. That will never make sense. Like there's literally no mm. point in keeping him. I mean, as much as I love him and Bernier, and it's going to, the the in between the pipes play is going to take a huge dip when he, he leaves and it's going to be frustrating. There just is no reason to hold on to him. So I, I think that that's at least a phone call that pretty much has to be made. So I was looking at uh, the Oilers situation and they are right up against the cap. So you're probably going to have to get a roster player back, but then another yep. guy that I would be very, very interested um, in acquiring in a return is a guy out of the AHL named Cooper Marodi. Now he's a local mm. boy. He's from Brighton. Uh, if the, <laughs> If this were Ken Holland, you know, he loves, he loves the local boys. He, he, you know, Ken Holland would definitely uh, yes. be looking to bring this guy back in a trade. So maybe Big since he's time. not from Edmonton, he'll be willing to part ways with them. But I watched him play uh, 
several times at the University of Michigan. I used to cover them uh, from time to time for the Detroit News, and he always balled out. Uh, he goes to the AHL in Bakersfield. He has 45 points in 58 games in 1819. Had a little bit of a rough season last year in Bakersfield, 12 points in 30 games. But then he's come back pretty strong again this season and is lighting it up with 25 points in 22 games. Uh, he's a guy that I'm definitely – looking to you know like he's 24 years old you want to talk like those change of scenery trades like this to me isn't doesn't necessarily have the potential of a robbie fabry type deal but you're just looking up the numbers that this kid has put up and granted he had zero points in six games during a, a short stint with edmonton in 1819 but like i don't know like if you if you get like a fourth in addition to him or I mean, depending on how many trades you make, like maybe you're just cool with just getting him back, taking a flyer on him. But uh, I don't know. I guess where do you stand on that? Would you rather take a flyer on a guy, if even if it means you won't get anything else back, or would you rather just have a draft pick? Uh, honestly, uh, this seems like a cop-out. I think that's very case-by-case. Case. I, I In this case, I don't mind it at all. Um I love my Michigan men, you know, uh, <laughs> that's, that's more than fine with me. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, um, I don't know. I, I think that for the most part, I would, given our current situation, I would probably rather have the picks, but as we get closer and closer to being competitive again, that turns more and more into you wanting actual players. So I don't know. I'm perfectly fine with it. I, I'm not going to, you know, slam my fist on the table in this instance, but I, I don't know as a whole, that's probably pretty case by case. Uh, all right. We got to wrap up. Give me, should we do trade deadline predictions tomorrow? Yeah, I love it. All right. We'll do trade deadline predictions tomorrow. I was going to ask how many trades, uh, but actually sit on that old radio trick. That's called a teaser. So now the it's folks got to come back tomorrow. Well, you know, I mentioned at the top of the show, but you can subscribe and make sure that that in, is waiting for you in your inbox when you wake up tomorrow, nice little primer uh, as we head in to the final weekend before the NHL trade deadline on April 12th. Uh, follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Red Wings. Scotty, any departing thoughts from you today? I like how the TV you got going on behind you, I'm pretty sure has been playing the world's strongest man competition this entire time. And it's kind of electric. Yeah. You know what I hate uh, is that I'm like terrible. Like once a game ends, like turning it off for like, sure. uh, I just it to hey, something else. And I watched so, a dude pull a bus the last like two minutes. It was pretty electric. I'm fine with it. <laughs> uh, and so I was like, the Fox Sports Detroit, like the things that they run on there, like yeah, all of a sudden, wild. I'll just be like, on Bally my Sports, computer. by the way. Oh, Bally, Bally Sports. Sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> how unjournalistic of me. Um, <laughs> no, I, like sometimes like the game will end and then I'll be like doing stuff on my computer and then I'll like all of a sudden like snap out of it and come to and like I'll realize that like, poker has been on my tv for the last hour right. and a half and it's like don't sleep on infuriating. Poker. no i love I, it oh i, I love it, it. it i me. love it oh my gosh i love it the, I, it's just you know i'm not like against it in principle but like it's irritating it's a staple to. after every big game on fox sports Bally sports detroit it always ends up on your tv i love it it's better honestly though it's, it's better tradition. than the they were like 
for like the first two months of the Red Wings season, they were just running the same episode of Wingspan. Yeah. After that, every game. See, I don't that, like those either. That was That's... driving me up a wall. Like I would get done recording after a game, be sitting here, turn the TV up a little bit, not even thinking. It's kind of just on in the background. And I'm like, yeah, how many times do I have to see <laughs> that photo of Vlad Nemestikov in the yeah. Troy Sting jersey? Like I, yeah. I can't do it anymore. It's ridiculous. Ridic- poker's better. All right, we'll see you guys back here tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Bow. You're locked on Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.